Meeple Night, Episode 22, a podcast catch-up. Welcome to Meeple Night, a podcast about board games past, present, and future. In today's episode, we catch up on each other's personal lives from the past month, and have an in-depth discussion about our recent plays with family and friends. I'm Andrew Caprol, and here's my co-host, Josh Knight. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. We had a little hiatus there, uh, or a little different format, but we've we've survived. But uh, Andrew, I, I didn't see you during that hiatus. Yeah, What's going I, it on, probably, man? Yeah, it probably feels a lot longer on our end than it does on the uh, the listener end, I guess, because it's just you know normal normal old two weeks. But I don't think I've even seen you at all in the in the last four weeks. Yeah, I think it's been at least a month. And just texts, and yeah, that's crazy. But yeah, that's just how busy busy all our lives have been. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I got. I mean, I. I got all caught up and I think I'm all relaxed now and uh, uh, kind of got into the rhythm of homeschool. Uh, everybody's 1099s are out, their year-end stuff they forgot to give me <laughs> and then had to catch up on those. You know, those are all done. So, Well, you didn't work on mine. What, what the heck, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably the last year that yours are simple. May- well, next year, maybe. Uh, I don't think I presu- mine are simple this I year. I presume they're simple. No. Why not? Well, Aren't you just a W-2 employee? Yes, but marriage and investments uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. I've been told to invest early. Get off of zero, as yeah. our friend Ray says. Yeah. Unfortunately, this was a terrible year to invest, though. Womp. Womp, womp. Yeah. At least, I mean, at least if you were playing the tech game anyways. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's just boring finance stuff. That so, is. Um. Also, I guess, I mean, I know you've probably done a lot of stuff, but one big thing we did was we took a trip down to Savannah. Savannah. We, we, Savannah, Malacious. Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it wasn't Southern enough. We, yeah, we drove past Myrtle yep. uh, on the way down, waved high. Although it's, <laughs> I think, like a 30 or 40 minute drive off uh, 69. Yeah, 69. Sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And, uh, so I was going down there to visit, um, my, well, he's my client, but also a buddy from Darden, uh, uh, Alan Fisher. Uh, actually I didn't see him at all, but his company, uh, per coffee, uh, and non-sponsored, re- non-sponsored, but I learned quite a bit about coffee while I was down there. We did this, we did a tour from like on the farm, which obviously I didn't see the farms cause they get stuff from Columbia, but right. They had pictures and stuff because they have a guy whose job, he's quality control or quality assurance, but but his job is literally to taste coffee all day. That's what he does. He does coffee tastings for other people. And then he also is testing to make sure each batch they make is good and then trying to find like which bean is next because they're on like the cutting edge of coffee, which you didn't realize there was a cutting edge of coffee. (laughs) Now you know. Well, it's clearly you haven't played the game Coffee Traders, or you would know this kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Although that was in the 70s. I don't know. I mean, it was cutting edge at the time. I do want to play that game. That's the Capstone one. Yeah, the brand new Capstone one. That's huge. 
Did you pick that one up? No. I didn't think because it's only it's not soloable. Right. It's three to five on the box, but it does have an official two player variant that I don't remember if it's in the box or not, but probably not. Yeah, that was a late addition because everybody complained. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I've heard not great, but but yeah, what how about you? What's going on in your life? Well, we've been pretty busy. I'll, I will start off with the high note being it's it was 75 de- uh, degrees here in Charlottesville today. Yeah, yeah, it was hot in the sun. It was fantastic. Spent most of the time out in the sun with the uh, with the doggies. First mosquito bite of the year. It's always great. <laughs> Nats uh, in the eyes. Yeah, but in other news, you know, we're we're still trying to to wrap things up here in Charlottesville as we prepare to move down to South Carolina, but. The other one, which is kind of more of the exciting one, is starting to get a little bit of baby clothes because we are officially expecting our firstborn child in August. And we've been buying a few little, it's more of like one of those you go to the store and you're like, you have to get something. So with my parents, they had to get something. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've got so many onesies (laughs) now that he can wear one a day and never have to rewash it or anything. (laughs) <laughs> but you know, it's uh I think that's the exciting times. It's stressful. No, it is of course. It is. But yeah. It it's exciting, especially to see the the progression. It's like the exponential growth of the kiddo yeah. uh, over the several ultrasounds. It's it's, yeah, it's it's fun. And the first yeah, the first one is I don't know. It's exciting and scary. It's all of the things because it's like you don't know. No. You just you have no I mean, you could you see other people and do your best to remember what it was like. Um, yeah, but, we're, or, 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 we're reading books, which Nicole said yeah. that was a waste of time or, or <laughs> it's not going to matter. We're still yeah. reading them. It's, yeah. it's nice to, you know, right it gives you bed. a comfort level, I think. Yeah. 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 Or yeah. a familiarity. I've yeah. heard of these words. I've, I've seen this, some of this stuff. <laughs> exactly. The, the last thing I would say is my co-fellows here in the musculoskeletal fellowship We've had probably one of the most fertile fellowships because <laughs> almost everybody's popping out kiddos or like is pregnant and things like that. Because one of my uh, co-fellows, he just had a kiddo Friday night. So oh, it, wow. it, it's it's fun to have close like male friends that just that had a kid to kind of yeah to go through it or just experienced it. So I think we're going to be as prepared as we can be, but it's going to be the unexpected that's going to make us sleepless and whatnot. <laughs> Yeah. No, I think that was, uh, I mean, not to go too down, down, too far down this rabbit hole, but that was kind of one of my favorite things in law school. There was two guys that both had kids around the same age as Ava at that time. Well, I mean, so newborns at the same time as Ava. And we would lean on each other. And uh, I remember one time, you know, uh, Nicole was just having a real hard time because she was on maternity leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, that like... um. I don't remember what it's called. The postpartum depression thing is a real thing. And I, I mean, Nicole didn't get it real bad, but like had had one of the wives go talk to her and it was nice to have have that crutch to yeah. help help you through problems for yeah. sure. Yeah. We all struggle through things here and there and it's nice to have friends and close confidants that can be there to support you. For sure. But... On a lighter you mentioned note. reading books. Yeah, I'm gonna steal your transition. Oh boy, go for it! Because there's important fantasy news out there that probably everybody that's listening knows. But Brandon Sanderson <laughs> launched a Kickstarter for the Year of Sanderson in 2023, which I've been 
now prioritized reading all his books because he's got three Cosmere novels coming out. But what's important is that is now the number one Kickstarter of all time. Uh, it passed it on th- day three. So how much is it up to? Uh, I think it was twenty three million last I checked. <laughs> oh, Let me God. pull it up real For quick. Books. It's crazy. I, I mean, it is both books and uh, swag, I guess. But uh, I, I mean, I, like personally, I didn't back the swag because I don't really care for book swag. But I know, you know, some, some people do. That's I don't know. I mean, I mean, like board games. I don't buy the board game swag. I don't buy the book swag. I I am kind of a a weird person, I guess. Not really, though, because you have a shoe thing where you only buy one shoe and mm. all the different variations. I have a mine yeah. is like that for shirts. Like I have. 12 different colors of this same shirt or something like that and yeah. th- and then i just choose my color based on the day but but i know that i'm wearing the same thing i know how it feels know how it fits oh, God. so i don't want swag I gotcha. but anyways i was also just buying time as i'm trying to load this page and it's failing on me there we go uh 20 almost 25 million 24 wow. million eight hundred ninety one thousand six hundred and sixty six that's gonna be a fun tax return yeah <laughs> I mean, I think it's exciting because of the implications it has for publishing uh, books in general. Um, yeah. Just like maybe the, we'll start to see more books on uh, authors using the YouTube and Kickstarter format because he's he's big on YouTube as well. So, uh, I just appreciate an author that can actually finish a book or a book series, unlike George uh, oh, R. R. Martin or Patrick Ruffis. I'm just throwing yeah. that out there. Yeah. It's not clear, actually, if Brandon Sanderson can finish a series. He can definitely finish a book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's still... always expanding his series larger and larger in scope. That's okay. It feels like. So uh, it might not get finished only because it's going to be like 78 novels <laughs> by the time he passes. But at four a year, he might finish. I don't know. Well, all right. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, now I'm kind of curious, since I hadn't seen you in four weeks, what have you been able to get to the table? Yeah. So in no particular order, basically just the order that I remembered, because (laughs) uh, I'm too lazy to record it on any sort of app. But uh, so I started with Super Skill Pinball. Ramp it up, which was... uh, not lent to you, given to you by given to me by given you. Given to you by me and you and you. <laughs> Who's on first? Wow. Ugh, I'm out of practice. Woof. Anyways, uh, so yeah, it's designed by Jeff Engelstein and published by WizKids. So two fairly big names, I think. I guess I don't know that Jeff Engelstein's a huge name as much as he's just a Dice Tower contributor and he's written a few books on board game design as well. Yeah, uh, so he's I designed think he's, a few games. Yeah, Mage I don't know Wars, that he's. I think was his biggest one. Oh yeah, it's a pretty big one. So I guess he's more of a big name in terms of he helps foster the growth of designers. I think because yeah. he's like a professor of it. Yeah, um, and a former member of the Dice Tower podcast. R.I.P. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. So I've only played this one at two player, and. I think the theme comes through on this one really well. This feels like you're playing a game of pinball pretty much. Uh, I, th- I think personally I would rather play this one solo um, just for the speed of it. 
And because ultimately it doesn't matter. There's zero interaction, at least in Ramp It Up. I don't know if there was in the original. But, uh, I, and that was, that hurt it for us because when we were playing it, we only played it the one time. So this is not like a super in depth thing. But, uh, I just kept chaining and chaining and going. And Nicole, for whatever reason, her combo didn't work out. It, yep. And I pushed my luck and got really lucky. And I think it was then she was out and I was still going. And I just stopped because. I had already won and there was no point to continue because like, why am I going to keep playing for five minutes while you're done? Yeah, that's not fun. So that was our, we haven't gotten it back to the table. I probably will try it solo or if I try it again, it'll be solo because I want to try some of the other tables that it comes with. But uh, yeah, just for us because of the timing issue was a, was a little bit of a miss, but otherwise, I mean, I think it's, it's in the same vein of most of the rolling rights but a lot more thematic yep the a couple things i would add so there actually is a table in this expansion slash second edition ramp it up that makes it more interactive with one Uh, another i can't remember the table name but there is a table that does that it wasn't it wasn't the first one obviously the The, golden gopher yeah it's i can't i want to say it was like lumberjack or something but i can't remember so there are the other seven ones, you're right. It's just pure solitaire game. The yeah. other one, I will say, Rado mentioned. So there's three balls that you get, three pinballs. He thinks it's too long for what it is, and that if yeah. you just play with the two pinballs instead, it's a little more enjoyable. Which I and think I agree. I don't know. It kind of depends. I've played yeah. this multiple times now, solo and two player, and they're. It just kind of depends on how much your engine gets going versus other times. It just kind of like one ball just doesn't work out and it's a right. t- and then tighter it's... game. Even if the third ball works out or the first ball did whatever it's, I think it's about 45 minutes play, yeah. which is a little bit long, a little long. I'd like yeah. it more at 30, but I don't know if I would get rid of that third ball though. Yeah. It's hard to say. It's a good yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's good. And especially if you have, a um, nostalgia, sorry, is the word for, that I was looking for. And if you have a nostalgia for pinball, if you played a lot of that, I think it'd be a, a fun, fun thing to add to your collection or at least get a play in. Yeah. And Veronica never played pinball. I learned, and what? she still enjoyed this this game. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, moving into my first game, it's a classic, and that's being Orleon. Designed by Reiner Stockhausen and TMG, RIP, now Capstone. (laughs) Doing a lot of RIP tonight. Yeah. So early on. Hold on. Okay. Is that what happened to them? Capstone bought them? No, it's just the... The Capstone bought a lot of the rights that they had. I think so, yeah. Okay. Capstone did buy early on, I know. I mean, that's who's publishing it now. Yeah, yeah. Capstone is gobbling up a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, carry on. Orleon or Orleans, if you're don't know how to pronounce it, Andrew, uh, is a bag building game where you place these workers on your personal player board to to then achieve actions to claim more workers for your bag. Increase the amount of workers you pull from each bag each turn, explore the countryside and or increase your knowledge. So a bunch of different actions here. So we ended up playing this game with one of our friends and his family while visiting Myrtle Beach. We had heard this game mentioned numerous times on various YouTube channels and podcasts, and we're excited to play it. Now, I will say after this first play, we want to own it, 
and that's we, both Veronica and I. There were thrilling moments in this game. We played it at five players and actually played really smoothly. It was quick to learn. It had everything that we would want in a game. And because Veronica played so well, I think that's what pushed her into saying we should own this. And she said that first, even before I could give my <laughs> thoughts. So overall, this is a fantastic game. I I have to tip my cap. You always give me a hard time with older games because I'm cult of the new sometimes. But yeah. early on, it's fantastic. Nice. Yeah, I know we texted about this one back and forth. This is one that is a classic. And because of the theme, I want to love. Um, and just every time I've tried it so far has fallen a little short. I think it's the dice, uh, the bag building um, interaction with Euro, but I don't know. I'm still I'm still trying to figure it out, and I still will play it again whenever <laughs> you got it. I, I think I want to try it with the Invasion expansion, the mm. one that makes it um, like a campaign, I think is what it does, and it makes it soloable and um, co-opable. Gotcha. Uh, along with uh, it, it comes with multiple modules, is what I understand. But uh, trade and intrigue is not one I want to try because that one makes it super cutthroat. I guess. Mm, yeah, not interested in that. But uh, this was good. Yeah, but speaking of bag building, in a surprise, I decided to pull out meeples and monsters today. What? Yeah. Was I just trying to play it before you? Possibly. Um. Uh, <laughs> Hey, whatever motivates me. All right. You know, yes. Uh, so, yeah, I decided to pull that out today during nap because uh, normally nap, I try and catch up on work. But just it was Sunday. Uh, Nicole was working all day. So kind of felt like having a lazy Sunday. Uh, and it's kind of got that fun art and little meeples. So Ava was helping me. She was being the so. AI and, and pulling out the AI's meeples for about 10 minutes. And then she got bored. So, and then she went and built her uh, marble run built by National Geographic. Highly recommend if you have toddlers. Also not a sponsor. Anyways, Meeples <laughs> and Monsters, um, <laughs> designed by Ole Steinis and published by Alderac Entertainment Group, AEG. This was the Kickstarter version. So Josh and I both got our copies in on Friday, I believe. Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, you're right. Thursday night. Mine was supposed to come Friday, but... Uh, and this was actually the first Kickstarter I backed after we started the show. Or maybe it was after we decided to start the show. I don't know if we actually started yet. So I think that also, that art um, and the just, I, I was excited. I was excited. Uh, yeah, the designer, this is the designer of Champions of Midgard. Mm-hmm. So uh, had a good pedigree to it. And well, I guess I don't hate bag building that much anyways, because this one was... I thought it was really good. Um, I don't think solo will be my favorite mode to play it because it takes out half of the building spots Mm. and that kind of then just reduces the amount of ways you can change up the game because it only comes with 12 buildings in the base game. But this definitely has a lot of leg room to grow and put expansions in. As per usual with AEG, there's also room in the box for those expansions. (laughs) It's actually not that it's not that bad in this one, but there's definitely room for more cards, uh, different ways to level up some of your meeples, and yeah. The, uh, so basically, in a nutshell, this is kind of I would say this is almost Lords of Waterdeep, the bag building game. Uh, it, that you have eight different locations. It starts with just 
four, and then you can build up to eight more locations. Sorry, so a potential twelve where you go to get workers um, who that go into your bag, and those workers are warriors, mages. Um, there's only four. I can't believe I don't remember them. Knights and a different one, clerics. Uh, and, and then you can level them up, level one to three. And so it kind of combines a little deck building aspect and takes away a lot of the cutthroat nature of the Lords of Waterdeep, though, and with those intrigue cards. So the solo mode, what it does is just uh, puts an AI in and automatically blocks for those spots. And that AI has a special action that it does instead of buildings. So it's okay. The AI gets a lot of points in the beginning and then just stays at the same level and you kind of ramp up your engine and so you feel like you're being crushed all game and then all of a sudden at the the like last two or three turns you i i got like 10 15 points at least per turn and so i caught right up and so not the best but i think it's a good way to learn the game and i'm excited to try it multiplayer cool yeah i i punched it out i'm excited for it you mentioned Lords of Waterdeep. The those uh, take that cards that you give one another apparently were added in the twelfth hour, like literally right before the production was supposed to happen. They mm. added those in. The designers were not keen on them. Yeah. Some I don't know what force told them to put it in there. So yeah, the that's one interesting thing. So if anybody's out there played Lords of Waterdeep that. and didn't appreciate the the take that nature, which uh, I think that kind of negative put a bad taste in my mouth when yeah. we played it on meeple night con that you can just take those out and the gameplay is the same yeah. slash better because you don't have that take that right yeah and and i might even feel more thematic i think especially a lot of people coming to lords of Waterdeep are into the D D realm i would i would guess that's what draws you in uh, or at least some people and so if you're into D D, I don't know that cutthroat gaming is generally i mean i know that's a stereotype i'm not saying that nobody likes cutthroat gaming and tabletop rpgs but if you weren't but, unfamiliar with this hobby and that this right. was your entry point it's not the best but right oh well, i'm excited to get monsters and minions and meeples and meeples and, <laughs> and monsters. yeah minions will probably be the expansion i that's a terrible <laughs> name but it, you're right cool game i'm excited you beat me to it i punched it out but i didn't play it <laughs> You had more going on this weekend. I did. For once. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, a game that doesn't have much going on is Zombie Dice, which is designed uh. by Steve Jackson and published by Steve Jackson Games. Real original there. So this is a Yahtzee-esque game where you roll three dice, which have some combination of brains, feet, and shotgun blast. Since you are the zombie, obviously you want all the brains and no shotguns. You'll decide whether whether to push your luck and score or score your brains and move on. So here's the difficult part. It comes from the color of the dice. As the green die have higher chances of getting brains, red die have higher chance of getting shotgun blasts, and yellow or somewhere in between. We actually ended up playing this one with my parents. It was another game that was easy to learn, fun for all four of us to play. The, uh, there was a super competitive nature like oh Veronica scored five points this turn should I push my luck or uh, should I just bust like I always bust <laughs> so this is the the best piece of advice is to get past the art of this game and I truly believe you've got a good replacement <laughs> the for yacht the, the art is horrendous 
It's dice. I know, the, but the, the packaging on the tube, yeah, on the packaging okay. of the okay. yeah, yeah the container as well as the actual <laughs> uh, like whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible art. Yes, it is. Get past it. This is a good replacement for Yahtzee. We enjoyed it, and it, it was super in, uh, easy for my parents to learn it. So it was cool, and everybody won but me. <laughs> yeah, and I I think it plays yeah it plays in probably ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I like this one a lot. This was one that I played a lot at the end of the night when we were first getting into gaming and james has it we don't have it uh so that's why i haven't played it much since then but yeah i've I like this as a a good starter game or ender ender game rather all right well i guess i will also go with something that i now i i don't have any good intro games that's a terrible <laughs> lie um but i did play this with somebody who is new to gaming uh and that is factory funner this was also a recent Kickstarter fulfillment um, published by BoardGameTables.com and designed by Corne Von Mussel and Nigel Sussman. Uh, so I played, I've only played this at two player. I played it with both Nicole and this new player to the hobby. Uh, his name is Eric. And I met him through F3. And he said that he's been playing games. And I said uh, he was over when it got delivered. Nice. And I said, and I said, like, oh, you know, it's. I really wanted to play it because when I saw Rado playing it, uh, one player, it reminded me of, like, sp- if spreadsheets were visualized and then turned into, you know, like, there's a bunch <laughs> of functions going on that you're transforming things. Uh, and so he's like, oh, Excel the board game, I'm in. I was like, oh my gosh, uh, it wasn't quite Excel the board game, but you can still come play. Yeah, this is Sheets the board game. Yeah, Google Sheets. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't have the full functionality of Microsoft Excel. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is one where you're running a factory and uh, you play across eight rounds. Each round you draft a machine and then you build the machine. Those machines are like bolted into your factory and can never be moved. And then you're turning different colored liquid or colored goo into black goo and you're selling the black goo. That's okay. that's the theme. <laughs> Interesting. Uh Though basically every machine gets you money slash points. Uh, so they're interchangeable money and points. And so you'll build something that's maybe worth 10 points and it can't have any, uh, it, it can't just spill out into the void. So you have to capture the liquids and it changes. Maybe yellow and pink liquid go together and then come out black, or maybe yellow and pink and blue go together and come out blue. Like it's not color coordinated, it's just. They have little fun names like the changeinator or the the reducer. I don't know. That was reducer's not fun. I just don't remember any of the names. Um, <laughs> really selling this one. Uh, yeah. So I think this one is not a two-player game. This is a four or more player game because there is a speed element that you're supposed to play with. So everybody's supposed to have their own pile of eight machines. And you say, one, two, three, draw. And then you want to be the first one to grab it. Uh, the one that you want. Like It's just speed grabbing. But if you're the first person to grab, you have a penalty. And if you're the last person to grab, you get a bonus. It's, it's like to make up for making sure that you are not just trying to grab really fast. Yeah. Uh, you got to really make sure you want that. 
to so it makes you make sure you think um but then the problem i have is you also need to play the slow mode kind of to understand how to play it so because you're not really gonna understand which machines are best for your engine if you haven't played it before so you'll probably not be fast and so the best machine will go to the person who's played the most and i'm not really in a group that we play the same game 15 or 20 times uh so especially not this type of game like the games i play frequently are pretty much just rolling rights at this point so so i don't know i want to try it solo i think it might be a good puzzle solo basically because you just get eight machines and you got to make it work to and get the most points but i don't know it it, it was underwhelming for what mm-hmm. i wanted gotcha yeah and just i've seen i want to say it was z garcia from dice tower promotes this and yeah it just it falls flat for me i, I, yeah. I wouldn't I, i'd have zero interest in it yeah well, I mean, I think you probably have the right call. I, I fell for the hype on this one, and I thought that, like, pure engine building in a factory, whoosh, that's like MBA meets board gaming. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of something that had hype, my next game is a game that has gorgeous art and is published by a company that is known for making fantastic games. So the company is Leader Games, and the game itself is Fort by Grant Ruddick. So we ended up, we went to this meetup with fellow board gamers in Richmond, and we're lucky enough for someone else to teach this game. So it's nice for once to have somebody else teach me a game, Andrew. Uh, so the <laughs> was goal it, was it? Wait a second. Hold on. Let's pause again. I would gladly teach you a game. I've read all of these rule books. Okay, not Super Skill Pinball. Nicole read that. But I read all the rest of the rule books I'm talking about today, Mr. Mm. Carry on. I see how it is. <laughs> For your birthday, I will teach you a game. Thank you. <laughs> You'll be moved. Yep. <laughs> yes. All right. So in Fort, the goal of this deck building game is to build the most awesome fort utilizing your best friends, new friends, and of course, pizza and toys. You got to bribe him somehow. You've got a hand of cards, and each turn you will play a single friend to do an action. In fact, there are two actions on these cards where you specifically get the top action and everyone, including yourself, gets the bottom action. There are ways to use additional friends to bolster these actions too. So the trick, though, with this game is any friends you don't use could potentially leave your fort to join another fort. The end of the game is triggered when someone makes the ultimate fort or you reach a certain point threshold, non-thematically. So we liked this game and was another one of those that Veronica crushed at. And she said we could potentially even add this to our buy list. Now, being a fan of deck builders myself, this was an interesting play on it. And one I would gladly play again, especially learning uh, from this initial play. I personally didn't immediately add it to the cart like early on. But it's one of those, if it comes around, I think I would play it. It's just I don't yeah. I personally don't think it's one we would need to own. And I do not think it would play as well at two players as the we played it at four players at this event. Yeah. Yeah, that that was the only thing that's kept it from our library pretty much is that it doesn't seem like a good two player game. But I it is one that I definitely want to try. I just don't know anybody that owns this game. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I think that like root style art which is the leader games mm-hmm. art and uh the theme is kind of fun. It yeah. seems like it's enjoyable. 
was there a lot of I don't know not take that but interaction I guess and that's what makes it seem like it wouldn't be great at two I can't I'm trying to remember there was a bunch of positive interaction where yeah. p- if you had something in your like backpack I could copy what's in your backpack mm. you at the end of your turn the friends that you didn't use is if they weren't your best friends they go out on offering and you could take one of those cards so yeah. it, so just it's having sort of like, yeah more you need more options available to exactly yeah nice well speaking of games that play better at three or four players and have a lot of hype I also got in a play of Brass Birmingham. Birmingham. Designed by Martin Wallace, published by Roxley Games. I played this at two-player and three-player. This is one that Brian backed, I don't know, probably what, 2017 or 18 game, Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, And the original, which is now named Brass Lancaster, that's not how you say it. Well, the Lancer. original original is brass, right? But it has been re. The second edition is brass, brass Lancaster. Lancaster, yeah, and brass, then, blah, blah, blah. and then brass Birmingham is the newest one. Yeah, I haven't played the original or the second edition of it yet, so I've only played this one because this is the one that's more highly rated, yep. and this one is quickly skyrocketing for uh, both Brian and I. We. Wow. We love this game. Uh, so we played it last night, actually. He came um, when uh, we were going to play to want and sue you, but uh, you canceled. So he brought brass. It was a happy accident. We were happy to play brass. So uh, that, I will say, two-player, not as great as three-player. Uh, the reason is brass is a network-building game. So you are barons of industry in the 1800s and you're delivering or while you're building coal mills steel plants um and then building cotton mills texture or cotton i don't know it's it's textile mills i think not cotton uh so you're and you're building canals around uh the birmingham area of england and then it transfers from the early industrial age into the late industrial age for the second half of the game. And then you're building rail lines instead and everything becomes a little bit more expensive, but also produces a lot more. You get a lot more money. And so it's kind of Martin Wallace games have this interconnected network building. And usually you have to take a lot of loans and invest a lot in the beginning. And then it pays out huge at the end. And that's just really fulfilling or um, rewarding feeling. At the, at the end of the game. And so what this one adds is you cannot just decide wherever you want to build things. You have uh, eight cards in your hand at any given time, and those cards determine where you can play. So you're constrained by uh, your resources. And it's not as constraining as you think because eight cards is quite a lot. And some of those are industry cards that let you build any industry you want in any city you want. And then... Some of them are city cards would let you build any industry you want in that particular city. So it's a little bit of a constraint, which did ultimately make the difference yesterday for Brian and I. But um, he just didn't have the card he needed. 
and so he there's a way you can get a wild card, but that he had to burn an action to do that. And so then I had the card he needed in my hand. <laughs> and I was tr- we were both trying to do the same thing. So gotcha. I I got it done because he had to get a wild and just couldn't make up for that. Ultimately, and it, he lost by 12 points and that was a 10 point move. So that 10 point swing is, I think I lose 10 points. He gains 10 points. Okay. Yeah, it was, but we like it so far. I think it's better at three than four because of the network interaction. Three, sorry, th- better at three than two. Gotcha. I just, this game looking at that, that board to me, it's one of the ugliest boards in our hobby. It is so dark. It almost oh, looks man. like I'm Ray Charles. No, there's 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 two sides to the board. There's a there's a day side too for people that didn't. I, we we prefer the night side, um, which I think is funny that you say that, but because I don't think it's ugly. But oh. um, but I think yeah. I, I'm also biased. I just don't like any of Martin Wallace's games. Mm. Like none of his designs look interesting to me none of the games yeah. themselves look interesting so i'm I, definitely biased in that regard because it's not like they're overly complex i right can do other heavy right, games right, and right. i'm fine with it like twat and suyu that i'm learning right now it's fine but something about his designs and these games just ah, doesn't yeah. doesn't click doesn't i don't fill the holes i don't know that he doesn't have any soloable games but i don't think he designs for solo mode generally um but he designs a lot, so it's hard for me to say that. Um, we were looking at his list. He's got like four or five games every year since the early 2000s. So. Yeah. And they're popular uh, games, yeah. too. Right. But, yeah, I mean, everybody's got their own thing. I I have to play more Martin Wallace games, I think, now. Yeah. Well, to finish the discussion tonight, this is a game that is extremely popular, especially within the solar realm. And it was one that I decided, so the actual topic for tonight's banter on my end was games I played during my vacation. I basically decided during my couple days off there that I wanted to learn and play this game. And it took about that long to learn it. What is the game? Mage Knight by Vlatel Shavatel and WizKids. So we started the night with Super Skill Pinball by WizKids and we we're going to end it on Mage Knight. <laughs> nice. They're, they're the same thing, right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. All right, so what is Mage Knight? This basically combines a role-playing game with deck building as you explore and conquer. There are monsters galore, mage towers and castles to attack, cities to conquer. You'll start as a weakling with five basic cards in your hand, and through experience, influence, and victories, you'll soon have a robust, powerful deck full of advanced actions and spells, as well as followers to command. A lot of people have this as their number one solo game. I'll flat out say it's not there for me. It took about four days of watching videos and reading the two rule books to get a basic understanding. And I do mean basic. I might even say crude. And I have to frequently reference the rule book or Google questions while playing. But the experience is fun. And I think it plays well if a question doesn't arise. But for me personally, there are better solo experiences out there. So the best explanation of this game is called what I heard uh, the other day was cascading failure. And what that means is if you don't do well to start off the game or early in the game, you will struggle to win the game later. It just repeatedly beats you down 
and you're going to mm-hmm. fail. You know within the first couple of turns. It's sort of like uh, people have compared uh, or said that for Food Chain Magnet. It's like oh, the first yeah. or second turn will decide if you even win or can sustain a game, whatever. That's how I feel in this game. But in, in this game, do you know? Like in Food Chain Magnet, I, I think if you're an experienced player, you know. But if you're an inexperienced player, you might not know that there's no coming back. So it, I how is that for this game? I felt it. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. So a recent play, I drew a bunch of movement cards when I needed to fight or recruit. Or I would draw fight cards when I wanted to move. Wolf. So I knew right then and there, early in the game, if I wasn't getting that specific card mm. set in my hand, which I had zero control over. I'm just randomly shuffling cards. I have zero control over that. Yeah. So my my point of this is, this is a complicated review. I did, however, enjoy it enough that I played five games of this. Yeah, And that's saying something, because... If you think about it, uh, you probably figured this out by now. When I play a solo game, I'll play it once or twice, usually at least twice before I call it quits. Some games are just so bad. One play is enough. This one, it stays in the collection for now. I think I'm going to move on from it. Um, And I might even move on from it before I even give it another chance. It's just, I don't know. I... I think I'm missing something, but I'm not because I played so many times. I did so much work to learn this game. And I think it's it's just like too many bones is better. You know what I mean? Like all, yeah. all these other games are so much better. I, I think it's a relic. And this is a relic unlike Orleans that deserves to stay relevant. I think it needs to be put down. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, I think if it's taking that much time to... Or, or that much investment up front, the problem is is the re- the reward has to be that much better. And exactly there there becomes a point in board gaming where it's not really possible to get that much better of a return on your fun or something like that. So and if you put it away now, a month later, are you gonna remember how to play it no, that well? Or you're gonna have to another do another days. day or two. Right. Yeah. yeah. So right. Uh the, so the issue I have with it, again, everyone says great for solo. In fact, there's only one dedicated solo mission. It's the solo mm. conquest. Now, I think you can tweak some of the other missions to make them soloable. Again, you're tweaking it. It's not custom made for it. So I'm sure there's going to be errors with that. I just, man, I wanted to love this game. Excuse me. I wanted to love it. And when it clicks, it does click. But I knew of those five plays, one of them was the introductory, just exploring. So let's, of the four, I knew two of them early on within the first, uh, it was played over three days and three nights. I knew by the end of the first nights and two of them, I wasn't going to win. I played mm-hmm. it out just to see, but I got my butt handed to me and I yeah. knew it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it looks like, sorry, I'm just like looking through it now. I've never looked that far into it because it's never seemed like my kind of game. But yeah, it, I mean, given that it came out in the 2000, like 2004, I think, right? I, I was just on the sure. main page. Uh, like the art's really, really good for compared to that. I mean, it's like Fantasy Flight style art or quality art, which is generally pretty good. Yeah. Um, and has miniatures. Are they Paint, painted? They, are, they come painted. There's yeah. cities that have these like Heroclix styles on them. The yeah, pro- WizKids did a good job with the production. It's yeah. just, man. Right. I, I, I think you're right. I think I pumped myself up so much in that 
the reality didn't meet the expectation. Yeah. But I think it's, I'd be okay if it was just a little bit off. I think it's just too big of a gap. And with so many other better, great games out there, I'd rather, you know, explore a bunch of other chip yeah. theory games or anything else that I've got coming through. Legends of Andor. Napaleo. <laughs> At least yep. it'd be over faster. Oh, God, yeah, when, it's <laughs> I'm just kidding. In the trash. Yeah. <sighs> oh, that's funny. Hey, well, have you? How about? I think that's the end of the new ones. Have you any honorable mentions? Any quick uh, things you've been replaying? Or no, I I played a few games that we'll we'll discuss in future episodes. I got through. Uh, Project L is a really fun abstract game. Oh yeah, yeah. I you really, have it right. Yep. I have all of it. Kickstarter edition. It's got game trays. Really fantastic game. Uh, I'm not prepared for an actual even banter section because I only played it a couple of times solo. I want to see how it plays with multiple people. Yeah. Uh, I also got to the table Lost Ruins of Arnak expansion as well as the Dune Imperium expansions. Those deserve more time. I want to save those for for a a different episode. But Yeah, I got some games played, but at the same time, March or uh, February was my lowest played games in almost a year. Just kind of still probably more than my like estimated twenty five. Yeah, but I yeah. think I hit forty one <laughs> or forty two. <laughs> yeah, Stress, stressful short month that's, there. That's the closest I think I've ever come to you in the last year, probably. In a January, month. I think was seventy three. Yeah. Oh, I was 65, so you know we were uh, closer then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see how it is. Uh, yeah. We so we played Praga another couple times. Uh, nice. Yeah, I, I'm definitely comfortable with that staying at a five. That was we we love that game. Uh, yeah, it's funny, James. I guess he's been playing it online. <laughs> I don't remember what the the website is that he plays at. Um. I tried to stall for time. Don't remember. That's all right. But he was saying how he played like 16 games or something. And then we were like, oh, geez, we're going to get our butt kicked. And then he was like 50 points behind the whole pack. We were like, oh, my God. He's like, like, oh, yeah, I must not have been paying attention or anything. Like, I'm just, you know, he's got a new job with DoorDash. So I think he has been really busy with that. And he's just like side playing. And he used to like he used to play when he was playing online games, like take notes and I don't know. That's not my jam, but that's definitely how he likes to play. He likes to figure a game out completely and like break it down to its mechanical numbers and then bust it wide open. Like Trajan, he knows the, he knows the ideal move. He was like ranked top 10 players of Trajan online or something. I don't know. He, that's his, that's what he likes to do. Yeah. Cool. Well, that wraps up another episode of Meeple Night. Now, if listeners want to reach out, how can they do so? Uh, you can get in contact with us by emailing us at meeplenightpodcast at gmail.com, following us on Instagram, or jo- joining our Facebook group, though that's probably the least attractive one to do. I don't manage it anymore. I got rid of my Facebook app on my phone. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> And I'll I'll be posting a few more updates with Instagram here. It needed a little hiatus there. Yeah. But yeah. thanks for tuning in to this kind of unique episode. We're trying to 
tweak a little bit with our format and we're trying to take some of the feedback we've gotten from listeners and improve the experience both for us as well as for y'all. So feel free to reach out and kind of give us that feedback of what things you like, didn't like, and we'll continue to, to improve and, and get better with each, with each episode. Yep. Thanks for taking the time and we'll yeah. see you in a fortnight. Good, good night. night and, and good, good luck. luck. <laughs>